So I was pretty bored this weekend. Sorry, I lied. It was a pretty interesting weekend. But during the downtime when there wasn't football, I decided to do something I don't typically do, which is I watched Thor. Uh, I watched the the new one that just came out on Disney Plus, uh, yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder, or whatever it's called. Uh, Shanna Rufast, you know, of course, co-host, the number one Australian analyst. What, what did you think of the movie? Did you watch it? I did. I went and saw it in the cinema. Um, oh. On the first day, I found myself with some spare time, and I wandered up there to see it. I thought it was silly but fun. I had a um, like a, a fat kid sitting behind me, and by fat kid, I mean like he would have been thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and the whole time he was talking through it, and. I don't mean, you know, just talking to his mate, but or like, oh, that's got to hurt, like, every time something happened, like, trying to trying to be part of the show. And the highlight of the film for me is he got up to go to the toilet and he fell down the stairs. <laughs> that's pretty good. So, overall, with the movie, you kind of enjoyed it? Yeah, I liked it for what it was. Yeah, see, for me, I think Thor movies have action with childish comedic humor in between. I feel mm. like that's kind of like a signature Thor movie. I feel like that's just him as a personality. Um, but my biggest issue with superhero movies as of late and superhero TV shows, and, and I think it's happening a lot more recently, but the villain, whichever one it is, succeeds in his plot. You know, he does everything he needs to do. Everything goes his way. He wins, right? He wins. And whatever he wanted to do, he has the ability to do it. And then, of course, in the last diff, latch last ditch effort the superheroes are like don't do it and then you know the villain goes why and then you know of course the superheroes have some sort of line where it's like it's wrong and then all of a sudden the villain has this epiphany where he decides oh yeah they're right it's wrong maybe i should have thought about this before i killed the other three thousand people beforehand in the movie that's been my issue with superhero movies so far and that's what happened with thor so yeah that's all i have enough about thor and other superhero movies but of course what is going on, 32-Bit and Sleeper Nation? We are back with another legendary episode. This is Natter, of course, alongside the number one Australian analyst. Sheehan, how are you doing over there? I'm good, mate. Football is back in London, which means that we are almost a quarter of the way through the season already. How nuts is that? It, it, it's so much anticipation for it to happen so fast. I mean, I feel like the football season is incredibly stressful and overwhelming to a moment where... It just comes and goes before you even know it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's ridiculous. We've already had twenty-one of our uh, our allotted seven uh, hundred and thirty-five hours of commercial-free television, football television. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, I was surprised about and, that. And uh, the injuries are starting to pile up now, especially in the running back position. For the first two weeks, there wasn't too many running back injuries. Now that all the injury reports are coming out. Yeah. Yeah, we had injury apocalypse in the NFC North this week, didn't we? We've got um, DeAndre Swift, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Dave Montgomery all up against it to um, make the game on Sunday. 
Let's see. Not only them, we have Christian McCaffrey on the injury report. I believe I also saw just uh, Jonathan Taylor on the injury report as well. Yep, saw that. So I mean, a lot, a lot of first round running backs. Yeah, it's tough on the injury report, and that that wanted me to segue into a quick little conversation of running backs kind of suck this year. Yeah, they have. Let's just take one. They have so far. Um, I've been happy that I went RB heavy in in a couple of my leagues, but yeah, by and large, um, we've seen Cordarrelle Patterson have another good year. We've seen James Robinson have another good year, but those real Rolls Royce type running backs. It's hard to find consistency there. I mean, right now Nick Chubb is RB one. His actual ADP was late second, early third round. Saquon just about the same. And then James Robinson, out of all people. I mean, I feel like we've kind of said this a couple times during the preseason and before that that we thought ETN was kind of dog water and James Robinson might be the RB to have. Yep. I didn't think he'd be RB three right now. No, even. Um... Clyde Edwards Alaire at four. Jamal Williams at seven. Yeah. It's um it's it's not a wasteland. I'm sure the cream will rise to the top over the next couple of weeks. But I don't know about you, you're better you're a better analyst than I am. Like it seems like line play hasn't been quite as good as it has in previous years. I feel like it is clear who has a good offensive line and who does not. Yep. For example, the uh, the Browns, they do have a pretty decent offensive line. The Lions, they have a very good offensive line. I mean, they got Swift and now his name eludes Jamal me. Williams. Jonathan Williams. Jamal, yeah, Jamal Williams at, you know, in the top 10 right now. I mean, Swift is number six, I believe, while Jamal Williams is number seven. So, I mean, that kind of goes to show, okay, they have a good offensive line. Jamal Williams Same also the Brown, leading the uh, league Browns. in touchdowns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his ADP was what? Probably like ninth, 10th round? Oh, uh, I reckon it'd be later than that, surely. I could look. I'm not going to. It just... And now we got Khalil Herbert. Yep. He's RB9, I believe. RB8. Yeah, well, he... He's above Jonathan Taylor. He had a uh, a massive game on the weekend. Yes, and it might set to sail, or and it might set to stay. We're not sure yet. We're going to have to uh, talk about that in a little bit. But of course, on today we got a justifiable overreactions. We got we might have some words of wisdom, and then we got a kick or keep type of players. People either you know you might as well just cut your losses now, or you're gonna have to stick with them and keep them. And then of course, comeback players of the weeks and some prognostications. Sheehan, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, we got some uh, justifiable overreactions as we always do, and we'll start. Why don't we start with Khalil Herbert? And okay. this one is Khalil Herbert's performance is going to turn the Chicago. Khalil Herbert's performance is going to turn Chicago from a workhorse backfield to a split backfield. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry. He he deserves some more touches. There's there's no doubt about it. But f- for a fantasy perspective, we don't necessarily... I mean, you may want that if you're a Herbert owner, but I think 50-50 splits are the worst because they're not relevant enough to must start, but they're also like they're iffy to sit and that gives us indecision and indecisiveness in our fantasy lineups i mean right now they would just be like uh melvin gordon and javante williams yep you you can't i mean you're gonna start them most likely whether it's in your flex but it's not a comfortable start 
No, absolutely not. And that's what's frustrating, but I'm not exactly sure what to expect because David Montgomery was not playing bad either. I mean, Khalil Herbert's looked much better than Montgomery. Montgomery couldn't get anything done in week one. Uh, and Herbert. No, but then again, that bucks. was. Yes, but that was also against the Niners in the pouring rain. That's it's it's tough. True. True. And given Chicago actually don't want to pass the ball, it would make sense for them to have two running backs. Yeah, they're going to have to keep two running backs and keep two running backs fresh. Uh, they, they seem to be allergic to passing, which is fine. I think that offense is better suited with that quarterback play to just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. I feel like this is definitely old Chicago Bears-style football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to need at least two healthy running backs if you want to get something like that going. The Chicago Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer for a season. They're allergic to quarterbacks. Yeah, they genuinely are. Kind of like the Browns. No, maybe the Browns are worse. The, the, uh, the Browns have been through more. But Chicago, I think, has had longer, worse play. And they had Jay Cutler for a while. He was fun. He was interesting. He was suitable. Yeah. But, I mean, the Browns still had Manziel. Yeah. And a bunch of others. Uh, Kaiser Throze exactly. among them. Oh, God. Don't remind me. <laughs> he was good for a couple of weeks. But... But to answer the overreaction, yeah, it's probably going to be a split. Cool. Second one, Nathaniel Hackett will not coach the Broncos in 2023. That's definitely a justifiable overreaction. He looks confused. Yeah, deer in the headlights. Or, 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 Russell Wilson's just not that good. It could be a combination of the two. Uh, I mean... There was a lot in Seattle for Russell Wilson to enjoy. I mean, they had a nice run game, saw play action, good wide receivers, very good wide receivers. Of course, Metcalf and Lockett, and even before that, uh, Golden Tate. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, exactly. So he's always had good wide receivers. I mean, not not to say the Broncos' wide receivers aren't good either, but I think Seattle's wide receivers are just better. I think they had a better run game. I think they had a better scheme overall. Yep. And... I'm I'm not liking what I see in Broncosville. Something's wrong there. I wonder if Wilson does need a an experienced head coach to sort of match up with his weirdness because Nathaniel Hackett is struggling with his game management and I don't think he knows what he's doing with Russell Wilson. I think he's unsure what kind of scheme. I think both of them are kind of arguing on what kind of scheme they want to run. I think Russell Wilson wants to have a little bit of a more air raid Arizona Cardinals offense where they're just throwing dots all over the place. While I think Hackett kind of wants to instill a kind of Seattle type offense. But realistically, that's why Russell Wilson left Seattle in the first place. Yeah, I don't know. I think you, if you've got a quarterback to the quality of Wilson, you want to be throwing the ball more. But. Yeah, set him up. Give him some play action. Establish the run game. Let him pass. All that sort of stuff. All those fantastic cliches that don't really mean anything. Um, and you might actually let Russ cook. But to me, Russ cooking is not necessarily just throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. Yeah, obviously that's a big part of it. And he's got decent receivers there. Um, even Javante Williams out of the backfield, very good receiver. But Russ, Russ ain't cooking at the moment. 
ever since he's coined the phrase, let Russ cook, he has not been cooking at all. It went from a chef boyardee to the soup kitchen. Dog food. Yeah, basically dog food, yeah. I know you don't like Russell Wilson because of your uh, NFC West rivalry. We won't talk about that. I just don't like the guy. I think he seems like a weirdo. No, he's no personality, weird guy. Nothing for me to give hot takes on other than quarterback play. Like, let me insult your personality a little bit. Broncos country. That's right. Wow, that's so boring. That's so boring. Yeah, he's uh, he's the worst. Right, our last one of these justifiable overreactions. Romeo Dubs is the wide receiver to own in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, that's not even an overreaction. It just might be logical. There's, it, it is a wide receiver room with no wide receiver one in there and all all you need is like one or two good games of wide receiver one stats and then you're going to be Aaron Rodgers favorite target if Romeo Dubs is able to get another solid game in him then I think it's pretty realistic to say yes he is a wide receiver to own right now he should be scooped up if he's on the waiver wires in any of your leagues but he has realistic path to relevancy Yep, for sure. I mean, he was one of the topics of the great debate this week, and I went back and forth with uh, Bob Harris on that. Definitely go and check that out if you want more of my thoughts on Romeo Dubs. Um, But I think it is Dubs for floor, Alan Lazard for ceiling. Uh, What did strike me about Dubs is, although Rodgers started by peppering him with targets when the game was on the line, they went away from him. Uh, And I think that's going to continue to be the case when he needs six yards on third and third and five he's not, I don't think he's going to be throwing to Romeo Dubs it's going to be Randall Cobb it's going to be Alan Lazard um, or it's going to be one of his running backs so it's good that they're establishing a bit of rapport but I don't think the trust is there but you're right he should be rostered in every league mm-hmm. and then Christian Watson the earlier drafted wide receiver in the rookies uh, this year has a hamstring injury usually you're not wanting to touch somebody with hamstring injury and not even the wide receiver one on that team it's a yeah. it's a formula for failure Watson's one to monitor over the back half of the season I wasn't a massive fan of his in college I think he was just bigger than everyone else and faster than everyone else he doesn't really have any technique Um, but big play receiver in that offense who knows if he can get himself right over the back half I'm going to have to agree with you on that one I do like Christian Watson but uh, Sammy Watkins is also somebody I'm interested in but I think he just got hit on the YR is that correct? Yes, I think so. He's oh. definitely injured because it's past the week two of the season. Yes, he is on the injured reserve with a hamstring injury. Okay, never mind. So he's gone. <laughs> well, not too bad then, I suppose. Um, maybe Romeo Dubs is the way forward. There isn't too much. I, I don't feel... I, I know it's probably okay, but it feels really weird putting Randall Cobb in my lineup. Yeah, I'm not, feel, I'm not going feel, that far. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like four years too late. Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting anywhere near Randall. Yeah, so Romeo Dubs would be, or Alan Lazard would be the realistic way to go. But I mean, Alan Lazard is probably rostered in almost every single league, especially every single competitive league. As I look right now on Yahoo, it's 81% rostered. And then Dubs, yep. as fast as my internet would let me go is rostered in 63%. So, I mean, you might as well go over Romeo Dubs and hopeful that he is able to overtake wide receiver one-year-old duties. Yeah, 
and I think, as I say, should have a solid floor. You know, if he if it's PPR or half point PPR, he'll be um, he'll be a good little bye week guy. I think. I think so as well. He's going to be somebody for depth, maybe a trade piece. As much as I strongly dislike talking about trades, uh, yep. he's definitely going to be something people are monitoring and interested in. Yeah, for sure. Now, I'll tell you what people monitor very closely and are very interested in. Okay. Nat is wise words of wisdom. Just remember, when you go to work, make sure you stop crying before you clock in. <laughs> Surely you'd want to be uh, crying on company time. It's not a good look. Yeah, no, no, you, you use the bathroom on company time. Because you just re- remember the nursery rhyme, you know, boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. It's true. Yep. Yeah. You cry beforehand and then you poop during it. Yep. And uh, other advice, be hungover on company time. That's fun too. Yep. Particularly if you work from home, which I can, but you can't. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, such is the world in which we live. <sighs> Fine. And I'll tell you what else is not fair. All okay. the fantastic range of shows and content we're putting out at 32-Bit. And if you want to stay up to date with all of those, make sure you are following 32-Bit on Twitter. That's the number 30, T-W-O-B-I-T. So you never miss an episode from us. You never miss an episode of The Great Debate. You never miss an episode of the show to be named later. You never miss an episode of On Beat. You never miss an episode of Screen Pass. And you never miss any of our Twitter spaces with some of the fantasy industry's best and brightest minds. We have Bob Harris uh, himself answering questions on starts and sits on Thursdays. We've got all sorts of fantastic content. So check us out over there. There we go. Like to hear it, like to see it. Yeah. Yeah, we got good stuff there. Of course, I'm on there. Yeah. You're on there. Exactly. And so am I. Yes. I'm on, I'm on there far too much. Yeah, you're you're a little bit too active on there. Sometimes I gotta feel like I gotta tell you to calm down. Yeah. Well, if I don't, no one will, unfortunately. And uh I know that feeling. <laughs> well, let's talk now about some players who you've invested draft capital in, possibly high draft capital in, and three weeks in the season, maybe you're doing well and you want to get better. Maybe you're not doing well and you need to get better. And these guys are kind of holding you back. And let's start with the much-vaunted Allen Robinson of the LA Rams, currently the wide receiver, 65. 12 targets, 7 catches, 88 yards, and 0 touchdowns through 3 weeks, averaging 6.1 points per game in half-point PPR. That actually might be full-point PPR. I can't remember how I class this. Let's say full-point PPR. It's so confusing to see Allen Robinson this unproductive in a McVay offense. And he's not even getting peppered with targets. I mean, he has 12 on the year. Which is odd because his five targets last week was 20% of the team's target share. It's so weird. Like It doesn't make sense how he is so unproductive on that offense. But then again, this is where we are. Uh, he has a... I don't know how to explain it. A bad matchup against the Niners on Monday night? Yeah. 
that you, you can't one. you can't start him i just don't feel like he's startable i don't think he's um i don't think he's startable either that rams offense hasn't looked that good uh, outside of cooper cup stafford's thrown more picks than he has touchdowns something's something's wrong there i think alan robinson's maybe not part of the problem but he's certainly not, not benefiting in the same way we thought it's exactly he's not a solution no, it's odd. Uh, I mean, I was pretty high on him. Um, I am fortunate to have almost zero shares of him. Just some people were higher than me on him during draft day. Uh, but man, it, it's seven receptions, 88 yards and a touchdown. That's like a one-game stat line for him. That's what it should be. Yeah. No, it's horrible. Through six weeks. Uh, three sorry, weeks. through three weeks. Sorry, it's quite early in the morning here. It's a, you can't, you're not dropping him, but you're definitely not no. starting him. Yeah. I don't think you can drop him. Is he, you know, if he has half a good game and then a good game, are you selling him? I would try. I would see if I can package something up. Uh, see if you can kind of make, get yourself a little bit more of a reliable running back. Yep. But I really don't think you'll get too much out of him. You would have been better off this year drafting Equinemius St. Brown or Olamide Zacchaeus through the first three weeks. You would be better off drafting Devin Duvernay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Jalen Waddle. Waddle, Waddle. Well, obviously. Mac Hollins, 2.5% owned. He's currently wide receiver 20. That's not going to hold, though. No, Mac Hollins had one monstrous game. Somebody I am a little interested in from the... Cowboys. Noah Brown. Noah Brown. He's a little interesting. I worry about his job security if Michael Gallup comes back, but he's uh, he's put up good numbers so far. He's averaging seven targets a game. Yeah, he's he looks good. He's getting open, and of course he was practicing with the wide with team two, just as yep our uh, quarterback who is gunning for the starting role. How do you feel about him? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. I mean, he's. I think everyone who's saying Cooper Rush should be the quarterback long term has forgotten how good Dak Prescott can be. Yeah, exactly. Like Rush is a Rush is a gunslinger. There's not a lot of not a lot of tape on him, and there's getting to be more. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing well. He's playing fun. But let's just pump the brakes here. Everyone say, oh, he could be a starting quarterback. He could be this. He could be that. Some team, if they're going to get sucked into him, maybe they will. But he's not a. He's not a long-term starter in the league. He's a fun backup, and that's fine. Remember Nick Mullins? I do remember. Everyone, everyone remember thought Gardner how good Minshew. he was. Gardner Minshew. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that start off really hot. Yep. But they come down to earth pretty quickly. CJ Bethard? Yes, yes. He started off pretty hot as well. Tailed off very fast. Yep. Yeah, he... Um did also i love that you know our surnames a lot of the time were based on where you lived what you did that sort of thing like carpenter or whatever his was beat hard so um don't know how he got that he beat it hard well someone did back in the day what a pimp <laughs> yeah so alan robinson are we saying kick from your ro- kick from your lineup don't kick from your roster exactly uh, Chase Claypool, currently wide receiver, 68. 
11, oh, sorry, 11, 11 catches, 18 targets, 79 yards, zero touchdowns, averaging six points per game in half-point PPR. I did look it up. Nice job, nice job. I feel like he's almost in the Allen Robinson realm where it's hard. You're kicking him from your lineup, but not from your roster because there's targets there. Allen Robinson has 12 targets. He has 18. I mean, six more isn't that much, but... That's a, that's a whole game's worth. Yes, that is a whole game's worth of a difference between the two. So it shows that he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the opportunities. He's just got to make the most of them. Or they got to dial something up especially for him in order to really utilize his skill set in the red zone. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of wide receivers on that roster, especially Deontay Johnson. uh, Sorry if I said his name right. Yeah, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Deontay Johnson. I mean, he he seems definitely relatively upset with the quarterback play. He might be one of those players as well. If it steps up just a little bit, he'll be definitely a fantasy relevant player. I think so. I'm sure we're going to see a change of quarterback at some point. I don't know whether it's going to be sooner or later. We are going to see Kenny Pickett. This offense needs to get the ball into the hands of Johnson, into the hands of Claypool. Um, I mean, we, we all saw the footage where Pickens had that amazing one-handed catch, but Claypool was just wide open with no one around him. It was a cool catch, though. It was a really cool catch. Was also it better worth than noting? Oh, nah. Nah? No, it was. A, I mean, it was a really good catch. You could argue that George Pickens' catch was less luck than Odell's. Oh, like I don't know. Odell put his hand up and it stuck. He has huge hands. Um, yeah, so does so does George Pickens. Um, they're both really good catches. That's the beauty of uh, the NFL now. As Greg Rosenthal says, there is one catch every week, which would be the top highlight of the seventies or eighties. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Then again, they didn't have our stick'em gloves back then either. Yeah, I were you playing Madden back when uh, John Madden in the commentary used to say, "You used to be able to put stick'em on your hands to catch those balls. Now you got those gloves." I think I've heard it maybe once or twice. Yeah, probably whenever I bring it up about once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Worth noting with Claypool also had seven carries for forty-seven yards. That's not bad. He has use. And he has a use case. You didn't draft him early because I believe he did have a late ADP to make it so you're not tied to him as you are with Allen Robinson, who was a fourth round, fifth round ADP type of player. Yeah, I would still rather have Claypool than Allen Robinson right now because you could see them trying to figure out how could we incorporate Claypool into this offense so that he's effective and efficient. I he believe in that coaching me. staff. I believe in the coaching staff as well. I don't necessarily believe in the quarterback. Correct. If you're scaring the waiver wire, would you rather have Chase Claypool as opposed to like a Greg Dorch? See, the problem is I don't know who Greg Dorch is. He is a slot receiver from Arizona. 20 catches on 23 targets, 198 yards and a touchdown. Currently rostered in 13.2% of leagues as the wide receiver 23 through three weeks. Greg Dorch has posted 55 yards in these three of his Arizona games. Dorch. Interesting. Or would you rather chase Claypool over Jahan Dotson, currently the wide receiver 27, who has 18 targets, 9 catches for 109 yards, but 3 touchdowns? 
Which one would I rather have? Probably Dotson. Yeah, see, it's it's Claypool for me. You got to follow the money there, surely. I'll follow the uh, follow the usage. And what about our man uh, Romeo Dubstep? No, give me Claypool. Fair. Interesting. Interesting. He's certainly got that ceiling. I guess he. It's one of these plays you just don't know when to play him. And the chances are, when you don't play him, is the week he goes off. That's what. That's what always happens. So, what are we doing? We keeping? Yeah, we're keeping him. I keep him keep. in my lineup. Chances. I mean, you have to have better options than Claypool, and you also have to have better options than Allen Robinson. A lot of the times, people just don't have better options, especially when you go RB heavy. Chances are, if you yep. went RB heavy, Allen Robinson might be your wide receiver one. Yep. Yep. If that's the case, you you're just dealing with it in your starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, you can't do much about that. Mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney. He's kick. Wide receiver, 114. 11 kick. targets, 4 catches, 27. Kick. There's, there's nothing think, to write home on this offense. I think on the basis of the offense that they're running, he's he's kick. You've, you've spent reasonable capital on him he as did. well. He did. He did. But it's just so ugly. He did have an uptick in usage this week. I think he had something like six or seven targets of his 11 for the season. Um, and I think maybe three catches. So, is the work going to come? What is Chicago? Chicago 2-1, and one, aren't they? Mm, yes, they are 2-1. and one. Are they going to try and start to get Mooney more involved as the season progresses, as that offense starts to click a bit more, if they keep winning games, if they need to keep winning games? Um, yeah. I, I'd be keeping him one because of the amount of capital you would have spent on him I don't think I'm starting him yet but I think there's potential over the back half of the season for him to start being a regular producer okay you need a roster spot Romeo I Dubs a spot. Yeah, I mean okay like you need a wide receiver Romeo Dubs or Mooney. See, I'm inclined to say this is a tough one because I think Mooney's a better player, but obviously Rodgers is a better quarterback. Um, if I need to start someone this week, I'd rather start Dubs. Over the course of the season. The answer is probably Dubs, right? <laughs> it realistically, I think the easy answer and the safer answer would be to say Dubs, because right now, like for example, in this hypothetical, you're going to have to drop Mooney in order to pick up Dubs. Yes. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. What do you have? He had a thousand yards last year, only four touchdowns, eighty-one receptions on one hundred and forty targets, ninety-eight targets the year before different coaching staff, I think right? different coaching staff definitely same quarterback though it's, it doesn't look good um yeah I don't I don't know I don't know so it's, it's a real toughie it's a toughie it is a toughie but there's a right and right now in half point PPR there's a hundred 
and 13 wide receivers better than him. If that is the case, you should probably find another wide receiver. Yes, I um, I definitely see that logic. And given you are the 63rd most accurate expert in the world this year. Oh, thank you. It's pretty impressive. 109th on wide receiver, though. Yeah, wide receiver. You know, the, see, the problem is, is, is these late Monday night games or these yep. Sunday night games because when you're uh, when you're entering the uh the uh, the, the rankings uh you, they lock in I believe one o'clock Eastern so I kind of have to make the decision okay am I gonna take the game time chance on this player usually I just do yeah I mean you might as well you're ranked thirtieth in the world for um running backs so that's pretty good I know my running backs I know my running backs. Also, I think yeah. I know my tight ends. I don't know what I'm doing right now for tight ends. I think last week I got like thirtieth. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine, yeah. Tight ends. Well, this works out, you know. I I feel like I know my wide receivers pretty well. There you go. I think yeah. you do. I I I I trust you a little bit more for wide receivers. You've been kind of more spot on. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to stick with Mooney in that case. I'm going to believe my own hype. Okay. Are right, you going to stick with Mooney? I'm going to stick with Mooney over Dubs. But the hard part is, I also quite like Romeo Dubs. I think they're both pretty good players. Yeah. I, I also think uh, I would drop Darnell Moody for Devin Duvernay right now. But that's just me. Duvernay's an interesting one because he's got value as a as a return man. Yes. But. He seems to be in I sync with that offense. He does. He's definitely the third option in the passing game there. Um, yeah, look, they've had big games, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Duvernay's, I think Duvernay is fool's gold slightly. Um, because he's just not... I, I don't think he's predictable enough to be interesting to me. And Mooney is? I mean, Mooney is because he's predictably bad. The problem with... Um, like, you can... With Mooney, you can just not start him. With Devin Duvernay, you want to start him in case he scores points. That sounds like fantasy football, yes, yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's the part that that screws you because you're trying to score points and predictability is king. So being able to predict that someone is bad is not the end of the world. Being able to predict when someone is going to be good is the difficult part. I think that's the issue you have with Devin Duvernay. But see, Devin Duvernay, he's been consistent with his fantasy point production. He had 19, 11, and 9. Mm, that's, that 11 included a return touchdown. It does. It does. And he also left that game with a uh, concussion. So he only played a couple quarters of that game. I'm not interested in Devin Duvernay. Now, for fun, Devin Duvernay in half-point PPR currently has 39.9 fantasy points. Right underneath him is Rashad Bateman with 39.6. There's only a point three difference between Duvernay and Bateman. There's only a Bateman's one point difference. So good. Yeah, there's only a one point difference between Jamar Chase and Devin Duvernay. Bateman's looked so good though. 
like so good. The, His he long had one touchdown catch. Against, he had one catch. Um, he had one catch. Long touchdown against Miami. Yeah, he had that like one catch. Brilliant. Okay, but he only had one catch. We'll see. Maybe maybe he'll come up with my prognostications this week. I hadn't okay. come up with one. I think it's going to be uh, going to be uh, Bateman related. By the way, twenty first last week for tight end projections. Good for you. Thank you. You and uh, you you did worse than Justin Dodds though. For those yeah, long time yes. listeners, Walmart Josh Allen. Yes, yes. Walmart Josh Allen did do better than me this week. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Hmm. Good for him. I haven't heard from him in a yeah. while, though. No, me neither. Too busy doing his rankings, maybe. Yeah. He, he he spends a lot of time with that. That I figured out. Yeah, that's uh, rankings with an R, not a W. Uh, our next player here, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 53, 29 targets, 13 catches, 158 yards, zero touchdowns. Now, the number here, which means that you're obviously going to keep him, is the 29 targets. Correct. Yeah, he, he's, he's must-start. Not must start, but he's definitely close to must start category. Twenty nine targets, or the wide receivers that we're talking about earlier had twelve, eleven, and eighteen targets. I mean, he has eclipsed almost all of them combined. He, you got to start him. You have to start him. I don't think he's playing particularly well, though. No, no, that offense questionable, incohesive. Yeah. It's not that bad, actually. Like now that I look at, them, they're not that bad. No, they're not that bad. Speaking they're at least of, on par with um, New England. Yeah, they are on par with New England. Speaking of not that bad, Jacksonville's not that bad. Jacksonville aren't that bad. That's correct. No, they're not that bad right now. They look good. Yeah, they're fun. I'm glad as a person with a lot of Christian Kirk shares that they're looking good. Mm-hmm. The issue, the issue with Brandon Cooks is he's getting peppered with targets. They're just low quality targets. You know, little deep bombs yes. with very low probabilities of actually becoming completed, but it counts as a target, which makes it look good. Or it's a little short pass, wide receiver screen. You know, m- maybe he takes it for a big gain, but realistically, you're expecting five, six, seven yards out of those plays. And then, of course, the deep shot that doesn't connect, but like I mentioned ends up counting as a target that's the issue with brandon cooks that i have is he's getting peppered with targets they're just low quality yeah and i think um therein lies the uh, the issue as you say i uh they need to get the ball in his hands more make it easier for him but he's not he's not playing well either and i think no. hopefully with a bit of um knock some of the rust off he's getting on a bit i think he's all of what 28 29 so around there knock some of the raw stuff but we're, we're keeping him yeah he's staying in your starting lineup um let me throw out some names to you here okay just based on the fact we've just said you have to keep everyone who's playing poorly okay um just quickly let me let me sort this by roster percentage and we might be able to get a better idea of who want to talk about okay um i think this is real this is quite difficult i don't think there's anyone really here that's underperforming in those levels who what about hunter renfro he he's an interesting ppr monster but that offense has been lackluster Yes. Yeah, they don't seem to know what they're doing. Classic McDaniels. 
Yeah, a little bit. Right now, like, Darren Waller isn't exactly performing as I'd hoped. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams, I feel like it should have been seen that he wasn't going to put up Aaron Rodgers' numbers. Uh, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs isn't finding the end zone. I think he had 100 scrimmage yards last week, but no touchdowns still to this day, or for this year, I should say. I still would yes. rather like to hold on to Hunter Renfro. Yep, I think that's I think that's fair. Robert Woods, wide receiver, sixty-seven currently. No, that offense looks in disarray. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's reasonable. Um, I dropped Kadarius Tony this week. He hasn't really done anything, but obviously, a big fan of the talent. Yes, I dropped him as well. Um, McCole Harbin dropped. Robbie Anderson. I kind of want to keep him another week. I think it's fair to keep him. Yeah. Particularly with um, bye weeks coming up. Mm-hmm. He could win you a week. For sure. Let's talk some running backs. Mr. 30th best uh, projected running back man. Okay. Okay. Rashad Penny, currently the RB47, 5.5 points per game. 32 attempts, 141 yards, zero touchdowns. He's a keep in a stash there's nothing really holding him back other than the team itself well that's not going to change no it's not going to change at all but you're hoping maybe they try to focus on a running game maybe try to establish the run a little bit better he has a path to relevancy they just got to kind of execute a little bit better so he actually is relevant Uh, it's a running back in a dire running back league you have to hold on to people like him Yep, I agree just for the position scarcity. They're not passing him the ball this year, which is an issue. He's only Mm -hmm. had the four targets. Uh, Seattle always says they want to throw to running backs, but they never really do. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kenneth Walker, RB65, in the same same boat there. I think he's... I really like Ken Walker. Um, Liked him in college. I thought he looked like a dynamic playmaker. This year he's got seven attempts for 29 yards, of which 21 came on the one play. That means he has seven attempts for eight yards? Six attempts Six for eight attempts yards. yards. Yeah, he's not looking too high right now. He's had um, five catches on six targets for 19 yards. But he's he's not what you're wanting. No, he's not really. enticing. Enticing. I feel like there's better handcuffs out there. There's droppable? No, yeah, he's droppable. Um, I mean, if Rashad Penny's the RB1 technically and he's RB47, there's really no point keeping a handcuff that's entering a bad offense. Considering they're also using DJ Dallas. Exactly. It's tough. There's no point. Yep. Um, Kenny Gainwell, RB54, 10 attempts, 33 yards, 6 targets, 3 catches. Kenneth Gainwell. He's going to be a stash. Stash? Yeah. That offense, you probably... It's one you want pieces of, for sure. It, it is It is an offense that you kind of want a piece of, just in case. Injuries are going to happen. Uh, Miles Sanders yep. definitely... will probably get injured at some point. So, Gainwell would be a nice little stash. 
JD McKissick, the RB38, has had nine attempts for 25 yards, zero touchdowns, 19 targets for 16 catches. That's his value as a pass-catching running back, obviously. Who are we talking about? Sorry, I missed the name. JD, JD McKissick. Yeah, McKissick is always kind of a weird one. He is a bi-week stud. My mm. issue with McKissick is Curtis Samuel's also getting involved in the backfield there. But yeah, 19 targets through three games. That's that's pretty good for running back. Yeah, it's pretty good as well. Nine rush attempts, 25 yards. He's a phenomenal person to use when you're stuck on a bye week. 27% owned, worth a stash. Yep, for sure. Um, I think that's kind of it from the running backs. Unless we want to talk about like a Zach Moss, but I suspect you're going to say keep. And James Cook from Buffalo, I suspect you're going to say keep. It's a little odd. Yeah, I actually did end up dropping Zach Moss today earlier for Chubba Herbert, just in case McCaffrey is hurt. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. You, Chuba Hubbard, I don't think is great, but he is the clear handcuff there. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where Zach Moss is. He's like, he is a player that you should maybe have on your roster, but if you need a roster spot, he's probably the first people I'm dropping. James Cook's on the block for me. Yeah, James Cook, same thing as well. They just, like if, they don't like running backs. Buffalo does not like running backs all of a sudden. Yep, just not a conducive running game. Uh, running back team maybe as the weather gets colder and everything like that it'll um, they'll need to develop one but I I don't know if they're worth a stash because Josh Allen is still going to be the man there Mm -hmm. he is going to be the leading rusher that's why you draft him in the third round yep for sure Aaron Rodgers he's a drop he's a drop when you don't have a bona fide wide receiver one you're automatically ineligible to be a streaming quarterback Yeah, I think that's he's sixty-eight for six hundred and eighty-four. No touchdowns, rushing for four passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Tom Brady the same? Yes. Too many injuries in wide receiver. They look kind of a yep. little bit in disarray on offense. I'm good. So if we look outside the the top twelve here, the the current top 12, Jackson, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Wentz, Tua, Burrow, Herbert, Murray, Lawrence, Goff, and Carr. So everyone outside of that, for most people, if you're playing one quarterback as a streaming option. Um, any of these names below them, are you keeping them as opposed to streaming them? Changing the game on you. Marcus Mariota? I was just looking at his name. Marcus Mariota, oddly enough, Geno Smith has been playing semi-decent, other than the Niners game. We'll get to Geno. Okay. Marcus Mariota, you, are, you, are we... You know what? Team or, team or stream? He's a streamer. Yep, Kirk Cousins. Stream. Jameis? No. no. To go back on Kirk Cousins, he might be almost an every-week starter. Well, this is, this is the point of the game, Nana. Yes. Every week starter. Um, Jameis, I wouldn't even roster him. Uh, Joe Flaccid? Uh, <laughs> no, he's a no. Uh, no, no. 
I think the reality is you're not starting Joe Flacco. You're not starting Jacoby Brissett. You're not yeah. starting probably Baker Mayfield. You're definitely not starting Mac Jones. You're nope. probably not starting Trubisky over Wilson, Rogers, Brady, and maybe even Matt Ryan, as bad as he's looked. Yeah. I mean, right now, Russell Wilson, you could probably find him on, the, uh, on waivers. Right now, he is... Oh, actually, surprisingly, he's 92% owned. Yeah. I, if Russell Wilson is on the waiver wire, are you picking him up? He's got a nice schedule coming in. See, he's going all out. He's going against Las Vegas, Indianapolis, the Chargers, Jets, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Yeah, he's got he's got a decent he's got a decent schedule heading into the end of the year. Yes. What if I told you that there was a quarterback who was rostered in about fifty percent of leagues, has a completion percentage uh, around seventy, six touchdowns, one interception. And, you know, offers a bit with the legs, but hasn't shown much. You, surely you're rostering and starting him. Depends which one. Well, do you want to have a guess at who it is? Jared Goff? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, ooh. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is playing good football right now. Yeah, I'm very, very glad that I've got him stacked with uh, old Christian Kirk in a couple of leagues. And the good thing about Trevor Lawrence is, one, he's in a relatively weaker defensive division. So he's going to have a lot of good matchups. For example, he, I mean, he's going to have a rough one against Philadelphia. This is going to be a good test to see how exactly how good both these teams are. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Houston, Indianapolis, the Giants, Denver, Vegas, Kansas City. These are all exploitable matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. Jared Goff also right up below him, actually. Right below 50% owned. Somebody also I would look into. Yeah, Goff's played well. Um, with Swift and St. Brown under injury clouds, though, I'm tempering my excitement for Goff. That's fair. I think Amon Ra is fine, though. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine as well. Swift, I don't think he'll play for the next couple of weeks. Uh, what about Tua? He's a every week starter at this point. Yeah, when you have two basically wide receiver ones, then the quarterback logically has to be an every week starter yep yeah that makes sense to me and Carson Wentz I think he is you I think you ride it out ride the good with the bad but expect that things are going to go bad and if you're playing a league that penalizes taking sacks like Scott Fish he's had 15 this year yeah he put up a negative score line in one of my leagues that does penalize sacks so uh, he put it yeah he put up negative two but other than that I don't expect him to be winning. Even if so, it's probably going to be a shootout for Wentz. Uh, he'll, he'll put up fantasy points. I'll see if I can find this game. I think it, it was one of my matchups from the weekend. Superflex League, and I think three of the four quarterbacks started finished in the negatives. For you? No, across both teams. Ooh. Who else? Uh, what do you mean, who else? Started negative. Finished in the negatives. Yeah, finished negative. Based on the scoring system, I think it was this league here. Um, oh, Justin Fields finished with negative 8.01. That's Carson your Wentz for finished him. negative. No, I was thinking Russell Wilson finished negative. He didn't. He just got 6.41. That's basically negative. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, that was no good. Anyway, that anecdote didn't end up being quite exactly what I thought it was going to be. So sorry for that, everyone. 
Um, let's finish with a couple of tight ends here. TJ Hawkinson, currently tight end 12, 18 targets, 10 receptions, 82 yards. Now, we talked about Amon Ra St. Brown being under an injury cloud. I think you probably spent more capital than you should have on Hawkinson. What are you doing with him? Starting. I really doubt you have so, better better tight ends out there for you to take. You're starting him. You're not going to stream one of the other options, like an Evan Engram? Yeah, I would rather not. Uh, I'd rather, yeah, I'd really rather not start Evan Engram. I mean, right now, yep. you could potentially look at Tyler Conklin. He's currently tight yep. end, I believe, six, rostered in 37% of leagues. Yep. Well, all you need is one good game in the tight end position, and then all of a sudden your uh, your ranking for tight ends shoots up drastically. I mean, he had eight catches for 84 yards, but before that, not much before. That was half his uh, season's production. And the Jets are on pace to break all sorts of passing volume records, which are unsustainable. No, yeah, not at all. And now Zach Wilson just got cleared, so he's probably going to be the starter soon, if not already. Uh, that just kind of changes the whole dynamic for the Jets. Yes, agreed. I think uh, Joe Flast will play this week, but I think it'll be Wilson from there on out. Which is good news for our Elijah Moore. Yes. Yeah, hopefully it's, hopefully it's good news for everyone. Except Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson was doing work. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he sustains it. We'll see if the Wilson to Wilson connection holds. I'm hopeful, but uh, I think the uh, wide receiver or the uh, team two practice that Flacco and Garrett Wilson had together, I think that kind of helped a yeah. lot. Yes, that uh, that tends to be the case, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What about Cole Komet? Is he in the same basket as Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney? No, he's in the drop category. Yeah, I meant more in the same basket as Chicago shit. Yeah, 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 the trash. Players. Yeah, I'd rather start Will Disley. Fair. Noah Fant? Drop. Nine re- nine receptions on 10 targets, 54 yards. Uh, Cameron Bright, 7 for 11, 68. Still rather drop. Uh, Dawson Knox, 11, 9, 71. It's hard because you want a piece of that offense, but he's done nothing. He has done nothing. He's done nothing. He's done less than nothing. Yeah, basically. It's more embarrassing than nothing. Yep. But last year last year he didn't do much either, but he just had a lot of touchdowns. This year he's got no touchdowns to his name, no receiving yards. Not a good formula. No. No, I don't think so. Anyone else you want to talk about? No, I think you can hit the nail on the head. Excellent. Well, we'll take that then. Who's your comeback player of the week this week? Oddly enough, even though potentially Joe Flacco still might be the quarterback, I'm going to go Elijah Moore. I think uh, he's due for a big game. I like his matchup. I could see him exploiting it. Yep, definitely. And for me, it's Gabe Davis had six targets, three catches, 37 versus Miami. I think it'll be a shootout versus Baltimore, and their secondary is just pox-ridden at the moment. So I see Gabe Davis running through there. And as I said to... um, my screen pass co-host Justin Barber 
If this was the 90s, we'd definitely uh, call women Babe Davis. She's a real Babe Davis. Nice. Now... Yeah. Obviously, don't do that these days because that's, uh, that's totally appropriate. And in fact, it was inappropriate in those days. But, you know, we're talking the days of like a Babraham Lincoln. Nice, nice. Now, Gabe Davis is one bad game away of being on the keeper kick conversation. That was... He was in... He was in the conversation in my mind when I was putting together that list. But I, I think for the sheer reason that he is the wide receiver two in Buffalo, he's keep. Yeah, keep. One more bad game. He might get taken out of the roster lineup. Because right now, right now I still put him in the must-start category or near must-start or flex at worst category. Yep. Uh, an inopportune game puts him in the flex-only category. And this is more your area of expertise than mine. Because um, I'm a very nice man and you're a very mean man. Um, I am enjoying... Like, you want everyone to succeed. You want Gabe Davis to do well. I am enjoying all these people who had big throbbing stiffies for him in the off-season. Gone very quiet after that first game. Because, I mean, that that was just a perfect storm. Jalen Ramsey mm. on the on Diggs allowed opportunities for Gabe Davis being realistically Stefan Diggs still owned Ramsey which is why he had that phenomenal game Miami uh, I mean against Tennessee that was just a blowout he didn't even play Diggs had his monster game Miami I definitely expected him Gabe Davis to have a much better game with Xavier Howard on Stefan Diggs um, I, I just expected so much more out of Gabriel Davis he, he I mean he had I mean he, he ran 96% of the routes on Josh Allen's dropbacks and Josh Allen, I think threw the ball 64 times. You're telling me he only got six targets for 37 yards. Yeah. Inexcusable. That was a weird game. It was a weird game. Yeah, definitely. It was a weird game. I mean, I, I know we kind of talked about how good the bills looked and how they are looking like Super Bowl champions. Definitely not there in that game. No. No, and after last week, well, we'll dovetail this into prognostications, said the Bills would be the last undefeated team. And I wasn't a million miles away from that being correct, by the way. No, no. How many undefeated teams are there left? I know there's the uh, the Eagles. This, this, the Eagles and the Dolphins are the only two. Huh. The Dolphins play? Dolphins play the Ravens. Ooh, that's, that's going to be a good one. Is that Thursday night? And... Uh, no, no, no. No, the Dolphins don't play the Ravens. Dolphins playing Bengals on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, there we go. I knew it was a Thursday night game against the Bengals. All right, so I I predict completely irrelevant that the Miami stays undefeated. Yep. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. What's your uh, What's your actual prognostication for this week, though? Yeah. What was your one last week? How'd that go? I don't remember what it was last week. I'll be honest with you. That's fair. I'm sure it was something ridiculous, like a meteor hits Earth or something. Probably. Usually it has to do something <laughs> like that. Um, shoot, you go first. You go first. I don't have one. So I was going to say that we see a streaker or a ground invader at least once this weekend. Okay, that's not bad. I like that one. Um, 
and then I said I was going to do a Rashad Bateman one, but I'm going to stick with that. We're going to have a there's going to be a, there's going to be a streaker at at least one NFL game this week. Okay, and I'm going to be really mean and just sad for my prognostication, and that's going to be a a RB one who's going to tear their ACL. Oh, you can't you can't cheer for a for that sort of result. I'm not cheering for it. It's, it's just a prognostic. Hey, that 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 should be why it's a good thing because it's so unlikely to happen. I I cannot fault that logic that we get every single one of these predictions wrong. So yeah, you know what? Good. Go ahead. Go ahead and cheer for a person to get injured. That's what I'm going with. Fair enough. That works. That works for me. Hopefully, that is a reverse jinx on everyone. There you go. Kind of the uh, the the counter to Al Michaels announcer jinx. <laughs> That'll work out nicely. All right. Well, that's gonna have to wrap up this episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed. Maybe took something from it. I think next week, next week is where the the juiciness and the real meat and bones kind of happen because this is where you know you start figuring out what kind of team do I have? Am I one and three? Oh and four, two, you know, two and two. Do I got a playoff shot? Yes, you still have a playoff shot at zero and four. You might have to make some big moves, big decisions, drop a couple players that maybe you just don't like to and don't want to in general. And uh, I think that's what we're gonna have to talk about on a bigger, deeper dive, especially on the trades part. I know I hate talking about trades, but trading when you're zero and four might be a uh, a necessary evil. Yes, I think uh, we'll do the the I'm one and three, zero oh and four. Where now? Yes. What do we Episode do now? Next week. Yes, that is a good yep. one. But then that, hey, if you if that doesn't apply to you, maybe you can just enjoy the uh, making fun, or you can kind of be one of those people on the opposite side where you're taking advantage of those one and three, zero oh and four type players. But other than that, hey, good luck, everybody. I'm ready for all today